0: Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? You desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20 or 30 years? I'm MC Lowshear and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how an auto mechanic achieved financial freedom in three and a half years. My guest in this episode is Peter Conti. Peter is an auto mechanic turned real estate investor and a self-made millionaire in three and a half years. He started small, buying a duplex, a couple of four units and a 12 and a 24 unit before working his way up to shopping centers and 300 unit complexes. He has mentored thousands of investors all over the world and supported many more through his books on multifamily and commercial real estate investing. One of his books is Commercial Real Estate Investing for Dummies. Uh, If you've not checked out my new podcast, you totally should highly recommend it, Cashflow Investing Secrets. It's a shorter show, 10 minutes or less, where I share one concept and or idea at a time. What I've learned from interviewing over 500 Cashflow Ninjas, you can listen to the show on your favorite podcast, video, and live streaming platform. We also have an investment group and community for accredited investors. If you're interested to join the group, please visit cashflow ninja investors Network.com, and you can also stay informed uh, on everything going on with Cashflow Ninja and our community by joining our Facebook page. You could go to Facebook and go and type in Cashflow Ninja community and you'll find our group. My friend Brian Page has created a cashflow machine generating over $100,000 in six months without owning any real estate. His system consists out of renting properties from property owners and renting them out on Airbnb. He The system is so simplistic, it can be managed by virtual assistants and yet so effective and powerful that it predictably generates cash flow every month. Brian and I are hosting a webinar where he shares his system and how it generated over $100,000 in six months for him personally. You can access this life-changing webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. This is one of the greatest cash flow opportunities I've seen since I've started my podcast. Again, the URL is cashflowninja.com forward slash BNB. Peter, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here with the MC. Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners?
1: Yeah, I started uh, in 1990. I was working as an auto mechanic. And while I knew that you know that was something I enjoyed it wasn't going to take me to the places I wanted to go with my life and I took a look at real estate and and figured I was going to give it a swing even though I was starting with very little
0: and then where did where did you start so you were an auto mechanic um how did you start what was what was some of the first um the first things that you did and what was some of the the first deal
1: you know it's interesting because these days there's just so much out there as far as you know places that people can get information on the internet and And uh, you know, join these groups to be uh, you know part of funding a a project and things like that. Back then, it was you know you kind of figure out what a property's worth and and try and put a deal together with the owner. And the one technique that I did know about back then was getting an owner to carry the financing. So my method back then was basically you know looking for commercial properties, multi unit apartments in the beginning, and calling the owners up and just asking questions. You know, how many units is it? What are the rents? Uh, you know, how old, the old, how old the roof is and so forth until I could get my courage up to, to say, would you consider carrying back any of the financing? And if they told me no, I just moved on to the next one. And If they said yes or, or maybe, you know, I'd find out a little bit more about it and find a time to go sit down and talk to them and take it from there.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I like uh, in your approach is you keep it very, very simple. And you're a co-author of a of a real estate book, (laughs) which is which is right up uh, right up my alley. The real estate investing for dummies, right?
1: Yeah, commercial real estate investing for dummies. Yeah, it was a fun book to write.
0: So, what are some of the biggest mistakes uh, that folks make when they start out in real estate?
1: I think for most people, one of the biggest mistakes make in in uh, Oh, my cat's coming in to say hello.
0: Hi. One of the biggest
1: mistakes we get is you hear, you know, when you ask someone, if you were to start all over again, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? That's a one good way to find out what some of their biggest mistakes are. And without fail, I feel the same way. And many of the hundreds or thousands of people I've taught across the country to invest in commercial real estate feel the same way. When you ask them, they pretty much all say, gosh, I, I wish I'd gotten started sooner and I wish I'd gone bigger than I did uh you know it took too long to start going after larger properties
0: why do you think that is though too because i think folks start and then maybe they build slight momentum but there's there's never a moment that they you know some folks just stay right there and then there's other folks that accelerate and really ramp it up and scale
1: you you know that's a good question i don't know if i if i do have the answer for that I, i know that for myself when I first started, I was scared to death to, to be a real estate investor. I would call people on the phone and say, I'm a, a real estate investor. And inside my head was this voice saying, no, you're not. You're an you're auto mechanic. Who are you trying to fool? I went out and uh, bought uh, a duplex was the very first property I picked up. It was a, actually a HUD special program then where they had a 5% down for investors Mm-hmm. And I really had no idea, you know, what I was doing. I, I found a real estate agent. He said it was a good deal. I didn't know for sure. I scraped up the money for the, the 5% down and just went ahead and bought it. Even though at the closing for that property, get this MC, I was, I was sitting there wanting to do this so much, but at the, at the same time, I had just so much fear inside of me of, I don't, I don't know what. I guess my biggest fear was I didn't have a lot of other options in my life. And if I blew the real estate deal, then I didn't know how I was going to find a way to get ahead from where I was. Uh, I, You know, coming from a family of seven kids, I, I wasn't able to go to college. You know, I could work on cars. I could work in a warehouse or something, but not do much more than that. So I'm there physically shaking at the the closing. And the, the uh, broker, his name was Don. He reached over and patted me on the back and he said, take a deep... Pe- deep breath, Peter, it's going to be all right. And I started with a duplex. The next one I got was a four unit and then a seven unit and kind of went up from there. So I think it's not uncommon for people to want to find a way to put their toe in the water or to, you know, at least do a little bit to get started. And I I think for, gosh, a huge chunk of people out there, just getting out there and getting started, that can really be the, the hardest thing is getting your first deal done.
0: Yeah, there's so much to do with psychology, right? Of 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 taking taking that first step, getting started, doing your first deal. And as you you know, you start to do bigger deals, you're still fighting some of those same de- uh, demons, right?
1: Yeah, and I think I think that uh you know, to address your question on why people some get bigger others don't. I found if people with commercial property if they're trying to do everything on their own, if they're trying to do it all by themselves rather than building a team, then they're going to hit a point, it could be at 20, 25 units, 50, 75, something below 100 units, if they're trying to do their own maintenance and do their own renting and and do their own accounting, uh, you know, you just get pretty busy doing all that, you get to a point where you 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 know, even if you had the time to go look for more properties, you might not want to take them on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah, the the mindset of abundance and personal growth plays a very big part in that and you had a, a experience that transformed your life and a big part of that had to do with personal growth and uh determination. Uh do you mind sharing that story with us?
1: Well, I I think that uh you mentioned the word determination and and I think, you know, looking back at my my history going back you know, I, w- I certainly wasn't the smartest one out there. Um, I wasn't particularly smooth talking. I wasn't a great negotiator. But one thing I did have in abundance was a, a very, very fierce determination to find a way to get real estate to work for me. And one of the things that I used to do when I was going to go out and negotiate on a deal is I, I would not eat before I would go out to to meet someone and talk about their property. I wanted to be hungry and know that I was hungry and know that I was putting that deal together for the benefit of myself and, and feeding my family. And kind of a funny little trick, but that seemed to work for me.
0: Hey, what, whatever works, right? And uh, it, yeah, it, it, it's, it's some, something very interesting and unique. Um, talk to me a little bit about the, the motor, motorcycle accident, because you had a, a personal situation and a, and a health scare uh, on your journey too.
1: Yeah, it's interesting how uh, y- you know you you uh, <laughs> life takes you in different directions, and and uh, sometimes you think it's it's uh, not a great thing. But everything I believe in the end turns out for uh, what's best. Yeah, it's a, it was about six years ago, which I should have known better than to be riding a, a motorcycle again in my fifties. But uh, I was out riding a dirt bike in a race in New Jersey and bumped into a tree, went over the handlebars ended up shattering my hip and dislocating my femur. And when they're working on me in the hospital, they actually crushed the nerve in my leg, which really, I have to tell you, really tickled <laughs> big time. Um, and looking back at that, you know, what I had done previously in real estate as far as building up passive income and owning a lot of assets and things like that really made a completely different story for me as far as my recovery from that than it could be for a lot of other people. You know, I met people in therapy that didn't have real estate as part of their portfolio, and they were basically, you know, not able to work and on disability and just kind of stuck there for life. Um, I was at a point where I decided to go ahead and sell my uh, real estate investing and education company over to a partner of mine and just focus on my, you know, my rehab getting better. And as part of that, I was. I was coming up on about two years. So I was coming up to the two-year anniversary of my injury, and I realized it just was kind of sitting around and, and hurting and in a lot of pain. And one of the things with a, a major injury is you, you just have to get out and move. You have to go out and walk. Even if it hurts to go walk, you need to go do it. And I kind of realized that I was stuck in that trap, and I set an ambitious goal to hike the entire Appalachian Trail, which goes from Georgia to Maine.
0: You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cashflow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cashflow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. My friend Dave Zuck from the Real Asset Investor says you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and cell storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Asset Investor offers, such as their ATM and storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. MC Lobsher the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. You're listening to the Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or forty years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Wow, talk to me about that journey, <laughs> that, that experience. What?
1: Well, it ended up taking me uh, uh, eleven months altogether, spread over a year and a half, and uh, uh, you know a lot of a lot of uh, fun things along the way. In fact, in fact, I'm working on my next book um, about that. It's called Only When I Step On It. But uh, uh, what I proved through that journey is that if if you're dedicated, if you're determined, um, you can work your way through even some of the major challenges like I was in my life of finding a way to to heal myself and to get better. And I initially thought when I when I set that goal, I figured, well, shoot, if I hike 2000 miles, then my leg is going to have to be better. Um, it didn't, didn't heal me up all the way. It certainly was a, a great thing to do. Um, it was great to just kind of step back from life. I mean, we're, we're, we're all so busy, face it, just going after stuff and doing deals and talking to people and there's just so much opportunity out there. And there's not very many situations in life other than going off on a vacation for a week or two where you can really sit back and just look back at your life like I could as I was walking through the wilderness. And I was able to just think of all the fun times I've had with my, my wife and my kids over the years and cute little things that they've done and times they've made me laugh. And, and I looked at everything that I had done with real estate and and myself and, and, you know, helping thousands of people across the country to get involved and get out there and get started with their own investing. And I realized that as much as I liked having it, you know, a big, huge company, we'd have our annual conference with 600 real estate investors there, everyone getting up and cheering and coming up and talking about the deals they did. And how I helped them to change their lives. I, I had gone through the process as I grew that company we had 35 employees and 17 coaches at one point where I was further and further away from the front lines I wasn't right there holding someone's hand when they were going out getting their first deal like I was in the beginning uh, year or two and so I realized when I was walking along there if I if I was going to do something with helping people real estate wise or putting deals together in the future I was going to do it where I was able to work with some people myself. So that's, that's what I decided. Once I was done hiking, I, I took a six months or so to decide what I want to do next. And I was at that point in my life where I didn't have to do anything, but I could do, you know, most anything that I chose to go after. And so um, my life is basically a, a couple, two or three hours a day is still exercising and, and working on my ongoing physical therapy, I like to play piano, so I like to play piano an hour or so a day and working on getting better at that. hope to be good enough to perform someday, and I work with just a handful of clients. I've actually got four right now that I'm working with that are all, you know, very serious uh, investors who are going after commercial real estate in a few different places in the country, and I, I found that I really, really enjoy being able to help someone get over the you know, their first deal or whatever the obstacles are. For example, one client of mine uh, who's out West, uh, he recently bought a 20,000 square foot commercial property. Um, The property was pretty much vacant when he bought it. A bank had foreclosed on it and taken it back. And it was funny because he was telling the story to one of my other clients the other day when we had a few people together on the phone and he he was telling this other guy how scared he was and he said, well, Peter kept saying, that's a great deal. Go ahead and buy it. And he said, easy for him to say. It's not his money. <laughs> and I, I said, Eric, hey, if you don't want that property, I'll buy it from you right now. And he said, no, that's, that's fine. He went on to explain how uh, he ended up buying it for $810,000. And I've helped him to lease it up over the past six or seven months. And we ran the numbers on it. And uh, right now, the property is worth $2.2 2 million. So that's, that's pretty exciting.
0: <laughs> it it certainly is it's uh it's quite quite amazing um having that type of an impact and i think one of the big takeaways here for our listeners should be um that when tragedy you know when when tragedy and disaster struck in your life and something happened because you owned your time um you were able to you know it's Focus on getting healthy, right? Because you didn't have to worry about money, and then you know getting healthy. So this is the type of stuff that cash flow investing, that real estate, that some of these cash flow investing strategies that we talk about. This is this is what it allows you to do. Um, Obviously, live the life and that that you dream of and live to your potential. But if things happen in life that you could focus on those and focus on getting better and focus on yourself instead of now having to deal with the money side of it as well
1: right i mean you just never know uh you know i we you know all of us buying real estate we meet plenty of people who are in uh, some of life's more unfortunate circumstances where you know they're having to get out of a property or sell it real quickly because of something that's going on in injury illness a, a death in the family or Uh, It's just all sorts of stuff that comes up throughout life. And yeah, I I thought it was interesting for me to be able to approach that from the aspect of one one of the questions I asked myself is, "If, if I could make this into something fun, how would I do that? And that's a great question to ask yourself. Um, by the way, for everyone listening on the call, if, if you want just a quick tip on being able to find commercial properties, let's just limit that to, to multi-unit apartments, say, for now to keep it simple. Yeah. One of the best things to do is to go out and visit apartment buildings right in your own town and do a rent survey. Find out what the tenants in each of those properties are paying for rent. And if you can find an apartment building where the tenants are paying less rent than typical in that neighborhood... Then you just identified a property that that could be a great property for you to purchase. Um, the reason I say that is that that people, for some reason, with commercial properties, apartment buildings in particular, you know, when they first buy them, they're right on top of it. They they want to fix it all up and spruce the place up and get the rents up to market level. But after someone's owned a property for twenty or thirty or you know forty years, uh, most people at that age they've done well enough that any extra money they make is just going to go into their inheritance for, for their kids or grandkids. And they're not putting in the effort that they were, you know, years back when they were younger and more zealous, like uh, many of us here on the call today. And they just failed to increase their rents because it makes the property easy, easier run or the property management company that runs it is, is lazy and they don't want to keep the rents up to the top market levels. And they just keep them low so that the units stay full, so that they don't have to deal with turnover and, and uh, you know, repainting units and all that type of stuff. And as most of you on the call here probably know, commercial real estate is valued by the amount of income, net operating income that it brings in. So if you can do something really simple, like just finding a property and getting the rents up to market rates, obviously you have to wait till the end of their lease to do that. But a lot of them are in month-to-month leases. You can instantly overnight increase the value of a commercial property by a huge amount and then either just have that extra cash flow coming into you over time or because you've increased the value of the property so much you can sell that property and either uh, cash in and uh, you know take your family on a nice vacation to prove to them that you know that real estate is going to make a huge difference in your life or heck you could do a 1031 tax free exchange take the equity out of that property and move into something even bigger
0: uh, and you can do this as a mystery shopper, right? Just for f- calling the, them up and expressing interest to rent. Uh, what What are some of the ways that you? Would- well, you
1: can do it on the phone. Um, I find it's actually better to go out on on foot. And uh, uh, you know, when I when I did rent surveys, I would try and dress sort of like my my tenants. I I had a pair of jeans that had some holes in it, and I'd wear one of my shirts that I used back in the days when I did painting and stuff myself, and just knock on the door and and I would say, Hey, um, sorry to bother, bother you. Can can you tell me what other folks around here uh, are paying in rent? I found if I, if I say other folks, then it doesn't sound like I'm prying into their, their own business so much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, typically they would say, well, gosh, you know, I can tell you what we pay. It's a two bedroom here and we pay this and, and, um, downstairs there's, there's one bedroom units and I know she pays this amount and, uh, you, you get not only the ability to talk to somebody, but to see the hallways, kind of look into the unit as they open the door and talk to you, you get an idea of of uh, how well that property is kept up and how well that property compares to something else. I mean, right now there's services uh, on the internet where you can go and and find rents on the internet and, and stuff like that, that, um, that might be a good place to start if you're trying to put together a good rent survey in your own market area. But there's nothing like getting out there yourself and walking around. Who knows? You end up talking to a tenant and ask them for the the uh, phone number of the owner. They give it to you. And then you've got a uh, uh, an owner that you can talk to directly about buying their property.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things that I see too is that you've been involved in investing since 1990. So you've seen a couple of markets and a couple of
1: cycles. Oh yeah. (laughs) A little bit up and down. doesn't seem like that long ago, but yeah, time flies.
0: Yeah. What are some of the things that you're seeing right now uh, is there any? I mean, where would you say are we are we at now? What are some of the things that you're seeing, um, and that you would caution for, or just some uh, some general advice that you can share with regards to market cycles and up and down market cycles? Because you've seen a couple through the through the years.
1: Yeah, well, cap cap rates are compressing. One of the reasons I like um, commercial real estate, and in particular apartment buildings, are. Uh, you know, even if the market changes somewhat, when the when the uh, housing market went bust in in uh, two thousand eight two thousand nine, there were a lot of people actually that were living in houses that d- really shouldn't have had a loan. Their their credit wasn't good enough, but they were put in with these subprime loans and owning houses. And so we found that many of our apartment properties actually did pretty good because people were moving out of houses as they they uh, you know went underwater or got foreclosed at their houses and moving back into apartments. The other thing is. I, I think of uh, an apartment unit. It's like a loaf of bread on the shelf. If the loaf of bread is in a store and it's fresh and it looks good and it's priced right, and people are going into the store, if it's getting traffic, pretty sooner or later that loaf of bread is going to get purchased. And the same thing is true with an apartment. If your apartments are, are priced competitively and are, uh, you know, we we always would would uh, you know clean the carpets, paint the walls, fix the stuff that was wrong. Give people a nice, clean, safe, affordable housing was our goal. And if your apartments look a little nicer and uh, uh, you take care of stuff and, and take care of your tenants and treat them like the long-term residents you'd like to have them be, generally what you're doing is you're, you're, you're able to, even in a, a weaker market, you're able to attract tenants and fill up your property if you can make it just a little more attractive than other properties in the same neighborhood. Now, that might mean that you have to reduce your rents. And one of the things we do with commercial properties in doing our due diligence when we have them under contract is, is we try and look at it and say, okay, what if things don't work out? What's this going to look like? Uh, I was working with one client on a commercial property it was, it was a three stores together, a a restaurant and eyeglasses place. And then the middle section was empty. It had been a candy store at one point in time, what was currently empty. And it was in a, uh, a a a town, actually Castle Rock, Colorado, near some outlet stores where just a lot of growth going on and a lot of things happening. And we got into exactly that question. Well, what happens if if things slow down or what happens if, you know, the market turns there? Mm -hmm. And basically you need to look at a property like that and say, okay, uh, ideally we're going to have that thing fully rented out, but a large commercial property with only two tenants in it, you need to be able to survive for. Two, three, four years at a time with one of those units empty. Um, worst case, you might have have uh, you know two units empty. I, I wouldn't hope you wouldn't get in a situation where you had all three empty. But uh, you need to be able to look at a property and say, okay, here's what we, we we do. Three things: we say what's our best educated guess on what we think this property is going to do, and we you know, look out for a year or two and actually run numbers out to eight or 10 years, but the most accurate ones are going to be in the next year or two. We know that. We look at it and say, what's what's the worst that could happen if things really went downhill? Um, what's our, our very pessimistic outlook on this? And then just for fun, we always, we say, if, if this really went well, if we were able to increase the rents to what we think we can, if we can keep this property leased up, um, you know, with a very low vacancy rate, What's that going to look like? And through those three views of of best educated guess of what we think it's really going to do, worst case and absolute best case, if you can live with the worst case and uh, hope for the best case, that's a good place to be.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Absolutely. Now, uh, a core message in our show is to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we've found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be?
1: I think one of the most important ones is uh, understanding that that time is more valuable than money. Uh, You know, a lot of people kind of see money as, well, once I get a bunch of money, then I'm going to have the free time to do other things that I want to do. And the problem is that, you know, if you ask anyone who's spent, had all of their focus on just going out and acquiring money, you ask them how much is enough. The typical answer they're going to give you is, well, just a little bit more. And to me, I've always, I've always tried to recognize and appreciate and enjoy the opportunity. Like right now, I have the ability to travel around the country and go visit my my kids and grandkids. It's awesome. Uh, you know, when they FaceTime me, I, I stop everything else I'm doing and I stop and I'll FaceTime them with them for, you know, 30 or 45 minutes um, because I've set that as a priority. So, I think recognizing that that time is, is I think, even more valuable than money is is one thing. I think recognizing that we're all blessed with incredible opportunities in this world and there's there's tons of opportunity that wants to come your way. Um I tell people sometimes there's there's opportunity out there that wants you more than you want it. Um so that's just recognizing that that you know we can't have our own self-doubts and and uh in beliefs in our head sometimes where you know we we kind of tell ourselves we can't do something. And um they say if you if you tell yourself you can't do it, then you're probably right. So finding a way that that you can start thinking in a positive way. And I think the third thing is to, to always have a way to be going out and doing something for other people beyond yourself. Um, I've been doing some things with uh, a couple different associations that are involved with helping people with ongoing chronic pain. I've, I've got to meet a lot of people who are uh, you know, challenged with pain every single day of their lives as part of my recovery. And, and uh, so, I'm, so I'm involved in that to to kind of reach out and be helping some other folks. The nice nice thing about doing something to help out other people is it takes your mind off of yourself and it puts you in a place where you can just feel good about helping other people and that's awesome.
0: Absolutely. Peter, where can folks learn more about you? Where can they follow you and where can they stay informed of all the projects that you're involved in?
1: Well, they could go to realestate101.com um, and actually for everyone listening to the show here, I'm going to go ahead and give out a free copy of my commercial real estate investing for dummies book. And you can get that by going to petersfreebook.com.
0: Fantastic. Well, Peter, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners.
1: Oh, thanks MC. And for all of you listening in, have a fantastic day.
0: Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar Presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for a number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.